conspiracy theories, eh? Wait till you get a load of this. Hello, and welcome to Cracked Sisters Conspiracies. We're a podcast that covers conspiracy theories, mysteries, and all over spooky shit. My name's Jackie. <laughs> I'm Cassandra. And we are Sisters. <laughs> emphysema laugh is in full force. I don't really have emphysema. So hello. <laughs> welcome to part of Malaysian Airlines <laughs> Flight 370. Jesus Christ. I am on my third drink of the evening. This is where it gets a little unhinged. So buckle up and have a good time. So unfortunately, we were recording this the same day that we recorded part one. And Cassie was already three drinks into my one drink. And it's only going downhill from there. Unfortunately or fortunately. It depends on who you're asking. Unfortunately. (laughs) I feel like my commentary is just going to get that much more colorful. (laughs) Beautiful. So when we last left off. We mentioned or we were talking about the Malaysian Airlines or MH370. There was two theories that were thrown out there. One being that the pilot intentionally crashed the plane on a weird suicide murder Which I I sincerely hope is not the case because that just angers me to a deep level. And then the second theory was that it was the damn Americans, that they had AWOCs, which are those big planes that have the giant radars on top of them. Not to be confused with Ewoks from Star Wars. Exactly. And they were following MH370 and they know exactly what happened to it. They know where it crashed and they know where the remains are, but they won't tell us. So the French man that led that um, conspiracy theory Yeah, we ended with him pressing charges against America for acts of terrorism. Can you imagine, like, just, I'm going to sue a whole country. Sounds fun. It sounds expensive. He did have a lawyer. I don't know. But he now has no job, so I don't know how he's he's paying for that. So we're going to explore the remaining two theories of what maybe happened. Correct. The Malaysia flight. Okay. And we are starting at one year after the initial disappearance of MH370. So it's been a whole year. We still don't have any clarity on what actually happened. It's just maybe this, maybe that. We don't have any solid evidence, proof one way or the other. No definitive facts. Got it. Yes. So like I said, one year after the disappearance, Malaysia finally released all the data they had gotten from Inmerstat. And Inmerstat was that big company that's in charge of the satellites And they are a big proponent of almost every conspiracy theory of what happened. That's right. So inside of the released report from Inmerstat was a paragraph. And that paragraph said that a piece of equipment that controlled the plane's communication with the satellite had been turned off while everything was initially turned on. And then it later came back to life. So that seems kind of shady. It's almost like someone's like pause let's let some shit Uh go down and then oh here we go let's bring it back up to speed Mm -hmm. so not only did it take malaysia one year to release this report it basically was buried in the report like maybe under the assumption that no one would read that far Mm -hmm. or whatever it was a little sus little sus 
So now, based on that paragraph, people are now thinking that Inmarsat data had possibly been tampered with. And research found that pilots don't know how to turn on and off the communication ability. That's like, not something that they're taught on a plane. Okay, so like that's something you have to like hunt and peck for. Correct. Like, you have to be seeking that out. To Correct. That. They, they specifically don't teach it to pilots because they don't want pilots to know that. And therefore, there is no on or off switch for communication in the cockpit at all. Uh, and in order to turn on and off the plane's communication, you actually have to go to the electronics bay to turn it on and off. So a completely separate area within the plane? Yeah. So the electronics bay is located underneath an unlocked hatch under a piece of carpet at the front of the first class cabin. So I know what I'm looking for. So if technically anyone on a, on a plane could pull up that piece of carpet and go into the unlocked hatch and they're now... In the electronics Imagine bay that would be a bit difficult to accomplish because if I'm trying to get on the plane and I have to pause for someone to like... They're saying like in flight when I, everyone's asleep. I, I get it, but no. But that information and the fact that the data from Immersat is either proves that something had been tampered with or is inconclusive and not what they originally stated, that leads us to theory number three, which is that Russia did it. Okay, just to recap, uh -huh. it's either the pilot, America, yes. and now Russia. Correct. Which, given current global circumstances, I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah. Was Putin still in control? Uh, yeah, then? he was. Have you seen pictures of him riding a horse? He looks majestic. <laughs> <laughs> no. Anyway, the Russians. I digress. The Russians did it. It's Cold War 2.0. So on July 17th, 2014, four and a half months after the initial disappearance, Malaysian Airlines flight HG17, so a different airline, which was also a Boeing 777, took off from Amsterdam and was shot down over Ukraine near the Russian border. Shot down. So they definitively know yes. what happened with that one. Okay. Why were they shot down? Do you have any idea? Some political bullshit. Awesome. I don't think I go into it too far. So Jeff Wise, that aviation journalist I mentioned earlier, right? he did not believe theory that America was responsible or knew what happened and was just withholding it. He believed that Russia had something to do with it. That makes more sense. As Americans, we're stupid. We don't know anything. <laughs> we do not have the geopolitical power that we think that we do. That's true. So through further research, Jeff Wise found it was physically possible to alter data from a Boeing 777. So he wondered if someone could have made the Inmarsat data look as if the plane went south and crashed into the southern Indian Ocean. Well, in fact, it took option two and oh. went north towards Kazakhstan. So like being able to spoof whatever happened. Uh -huh. Okay. And just a recap in my lovely drawing here. Originally, the plane MH370 took off from Malaysia and was geared towards Vietnam, but that's when they lost communication over the South China Sea. And then there have been reports that it took a hard back turn uh -huh. and it went one of two ways. Option one is it went south over the South Indian Ocean or it went north towards Kazakhstan and potentially people were still alive. So like I said, he believed, no, no, no. They went north, but someone hacked into the Immerstat data and made it look like they went south and everyone died. So there was some corruption involved. Uh-huh. Had MH370 gone option two, gone north towards Kazakhstan, it would have landed. And Kazakhstan is a client state of Russia. There's an association. Yes. That's what that means. Okay. He's like, okay, 
that's you know perpetuating my Russian theory. So let's check the the people, the log of the individuals who were on the plane, and let's see if anyone was Russian. Ooh. So he found that there were three Russian men aboard MH370. One was sitting about 15 feet from the electronics bay. So he was in first class, basically. Bougie bitch. <laughs> on February 28th, 2014, eight days before the disappearance of MH370, Russian troops invaded Krema, mm -hmm. Crimea, Ukraine. Oh, okay. And all media was covering this invasion up until MH370 disappeared. So this looked bad on Russia. So his theory, him being deflect, Jeff Wise. Deflect. Yeah, like, it. oh, look at this missing plane. Wow, no one cares about Russia Forget invading about Ukraine anymore. Uh-huh. Jeff Wise theorized this happened in summary. So on March 8th, 2014, at 1.15 in the morning, MH317 was flying over the South China Sea, just like it was supposed to. The three Russian men aboard the plane began their planned attack. Maybe one or two of them kind of made a distraction towards the rear of the plane, getting everyone to look that way. And the third person would then easily be able to go into the unlocked hatch and get into the electronics bay. While in the electronics bay, maybe he plugged into the computer of the plane's flight control system and he waited for that gray area, which is from Malaysian air traffic like control right to Vietnam off. air traffic control. Got exactly. It. The Russian maybe then hacked into the computer and shut down all the communication, which is when MH370 went dark. And then the Russians would, in theory, be able to control the plane and make it go off course, so do that back turn. And then he further theorizes that, you know, the Russians, if they were smart, they would have depressurized the airplane, which you can do from down in the electronics bay. And then they, if they were going to do that, they have to shut off the emergency oxygen for the cockpit because the pilots would still be able to be able to fly a plane, but not if you take their oxygen away as well. So then the MH370 would have continued northwest while programming the Immersat data to show that the plane went south. Got it. So that was his big revelation and his big theory. He got a lot of backlash from that. A lot of people. I can imagine. Because if you're going to make these big ass claims, you've yeah. got to back it up. You have to be able to, to, you have to have the proof to go you know, hand in hand with that. Like, Agreed. So on July 29th, 2015, 16 months since the disappearance, a piece of plane debris was found washed up on a beach in the French territory of the Indian Ocean. So plane debris, do we know if it's Malaysia plane? So Boeing investigators were called out and they believed it was part of a wing or it's called a flapperon okay. of a Boeing 777. I don't know if you know this from your investigation. Are all of the parts on a plane like serialized? Are there numbers on everything? Yes, we get to that later. Oh, okay. The Malaysian prime minister, this fucking guy, did another press <laughs> conference stating that an international team of experts have conclusively confirmed that the debris found on the Reunion Island is indeed from MH370. And that confirms that MH370 has now gone down in the Indian Ocean. So he's making these big claims. Because first, remember, he claimed definitively that they went down over the South China Sea. We're all over the place. So what made him believe that this is what happened now? Because and as a loved one, if I were, you know, mm -hmm. embodying one of them. Why am I going to believe you? You told me one thing. Now you're telling me something. Well, he's told you different. 12 things. Yes. Right? And each time like, he 
You're he, full of shit, dude. Yes. Each time he does these interviews with conviction that he is 100% right, even though he has stepped on his own dick every single time, they go, this is correct based on this data. And then one week later, just kidding, based on this data, now you should believe me. And it's like, just a continuous. I understand that theories and information can change based on the data that you mm -hmm. have available to you at the time. Especially in a situation like this, I would never be 100%. Like, And that's the thing. If you were to say possibly, allegedly, it would lead you someone have to, to believe. You in that, like, But he's saying no. Potential. 100% this was a part of no. MH370. I believe no one who says they are 100% behind anything because no one is 100% correct ever. Ever, ever, ever. So that's already, like, a red flag for me. So okay. this guy, I don't have a whole lot of credibility <laughs> in. Thank God one of my family members was not part of this whole well, you already said you wouldn't look for me. You wouldn't quit your job to figure out the truth, so. That is not true. <laughs> that is 100% what you said. <laughs> I feel like we're taking this out of context a little bit. Okay, so there's a guy named Blaine Gibson. Blaine. He is an, an adventurer. That is his title. He just goes about the world. He His goal was to, is he's still alive, it was to go to every single location there could ever be what and, and visit it. Life. I haven't even left North America. <laughs> to be fair. To be fair. I have been to Canada. I've been to Mexico and I reside. And you've been in, to Hawaii. That's part of North America. That's part of these United I always States. Forget. <laughs> I have not been to Alaska, which if you were to look at a map, they say it's down here. It's up here. But anywho, I digress. I have been within North America. I have not ventured outside of that. I would like to. I forgot where I was going with this. I'm not an adventurer. There you like go. Blaine. <laughs> we're going to call him Gibson. He was involved in these chat groups regarding MH370, like many different people were. And once the news reported that the wing had been found off the French territory, he wanted to be the person to find either the remainder of the plane or the next big piece. Okay, sorry, to kind of backtrack, yep. was this a confirmed wing? Like confirmed as in that was the part or confirmed that it belonged to MH370? Confirmed that it was belonged According to, to dipshit prime minister, he confirmed it belonged to MH370. Dipshit prime minister who's like, I'm going to tell you 12 different versions yes, of that, the truth. Yes, that, that guy. So that means nothing. Okay, Correct. so there is a suspicion mm -hmm. that, okay. Yes. This is what we're working with. Got it. Continue. So Gibson then spoke with oceanographers who told him- yes. If he wanted to find plane parts based on where that first one was, he needed to look in the Mozambique Channel on the coast of Mozambique. So Gibson said, okay. And he went to Villa... Villa Nueva! I even wrote it phonetically and I can't even read it. Villanculos? What? It's a town inside of the Mozambique Channel. I don't know where we are. I don't even know where most people are. Yeah, that's what, that's what I mean. I'm like, again, I know nothing about anything. So he went there <laughs> and he spoke with the locals and they went to this sand bank area. While searching only about two hours after having gotten there, he, Gibson, uh, located a gray triangle with the word no step written on it. He was told that the triangle was a piece of a Boeing 777 and that it most likely belonged to MH370. Most likely, but not like definitively. Correct. Got it. And so Gibson then went on to Madagascar and he was able to find 17 pieces of missing plane debris over the span of two years. 
So lots of plane parts. Are they all channeling back to... That is the consensus. But is it in stone that's what it's from? Or are we all just making a huge According to Gibson, yes. But there is no... Everyone who has these theories, they are 100% that's the truth. They believe it. He has his own kind of theory. So he 100% believes all these pieces that he's finding, they must be... They have belonging to because be. they've been they've been proven to be part of a Boeing triple seven, not the Boeing triple seven. Okay, I so g- it's somewhat it's like 50 50. Sure, within the realm, I get it. So, Jeff Wise, Mr. Russia, right? He took this news and he said, This is proof that I'm right. Basically, he stated that the debris was most likely planted by Russia to make people continue to believe the plane had flown south and crashed and not that it went north towards Kazakhstan. He said, Russia, they're sneaky, sneaky. They obviously, you know, people are starting to doubt the validity of what happened because there's no proof. It's been now two years. There's no proof. So they went, according to Jeff Wise, Russia went and they planted these airplane parts mm-hmm. to, you know, validify their God, that just seems their like statement. So much work. Right? This, I know. Conspiracies are exhausting. <sighs> Jeff Wise then thought it's mighty convenient that this one person, Blaine Gibson, had single-handedly found all of the remaining debris, and he searched to find a connection between Gibson and Russia. Not that they've been looking for a year for all of this shit, at least. Like- but I mean, I kind of do. Ooh. I kind of see his point on oh, that. So he's okay. saying, "Let's hear it." It's been a year. Not one single person has found anything yeah. except that one wing that allegedly, according to the prime minister, belonged to MH370. Okay. So it's been quiet for a year. This random guy says, I'm going to go find it. And he finds all, out of 18 pieces, he finds 17 of the 18 pieces. I'm like, did he really? There's pictures. He has pictures, videos, all this stuff. I don't know. So he is the okay. one that found it, whether it's part of MH370 or not. I well, agree with Jeff that that's, I'm, that's suspicious. I'm skeptical. Because if I saw that he found, you know, the second triangle in, where was he? Mozambique. I would go, okay, now I want to get on this. I want to be famous. I'm going to go. So I'm sure other people went. So why is he the only person sure. to ever find remains? Okay, I see where you're coming from. Like I said, Jeff has said, this is suspicious. Blaine must be related to Russia somehow. So he took a deep dive into this guy's personal life. Oh, no. And he found registration records that Gibson had set up a company with two business partners, both from central Russia back in the early 90s. He was also present when the Soviet Union collapsed and he, <laughs> and he was fluent in Russian. Oh, no. So Jeff took this information and went, that bitch is Russian. He's a Russian spy. That's a little suspicious. Right? Many other people, not just Jeff, were also weary of Gibson and not only questioned the validity of his findings, they also started to question the original finding that started this whole thing, which would be the plane wing that was positively identified by the prime minister. Upon further inspection of the debris number one, the plane wing, a journalist found that it was missing its identification plate, its identification number. So that's like a normal thing that everything... When you look at the wing, there was a spot of where it would either be stamped or glued on. And it was not, and it there. Was not there. This journalist, she's like, okay, she did some research. She found that those ID numbers are built, obviously, to withstand atmospheric pressure, heat, cold, humidity, everything that a plane can throw at it. Sure. So maybe crashing into the ocean, why would it... Why would it suddenly Why be would gone? Why would that be any different? Exactly. Yeah. 
further, she found that there was only one instance in where someone would remove the ID plate. And that is in the case of plane dismantling. So someone's taking that bitch apart. That's so that's basically what Jeff that Wise said. Decommissioned. That's not in use anymore. We're scrapping this bitch. So Jeff Wise, remember, he said Russians did it. It's too long of a thing. So they must have planted it from a decommissioned plane. And now this journalist is saying, okay, why else would let, it be missing its nameplate? She's not necessarily okay. on board with Russia. She's just saying that's suspicious. Fairly so. And then to circle back to your serial number questions, mm -hmm. many pieces of debris that had been located had serial numbers or some sort of identifying numbers on them. So those numbers were sent to be compared to like the history of what parts were used on MH370. And out of the 12 serial numbers that they sent in, only one was actually matched with MH370. Interesting. Two years later, so two years after the initial disappearance. Oh my God. I, I need to digress. Can you imagine being a family member no. of someone who like, it's been two fucking years and you still have no inclination of what happened. Well, Only some do. So that's how conspiracies are, are bred. <sighs> you go down this rabbit hole because you want answers. You want to know what happened. So that's why all these different people who have loved no, ones, I, I, to them, they have their answer. I completely understand. But yes, I, I You're looking for an answer uh -huh. to this huge question. But I don't know that I would fully lean into uh -huh. any one of them. Whatever fits my narrative that I'm trying to kind of resolve within mm -hmm. myself sure but god that's fucking awful i know like i said two years later from the initial disappearance news broke that the fbi found the captain of mh370 the american fbi because apparently we were like yes the know? american <laughs> fbi so the captain again his name was zahari shaw so they found because remember they took his flight simulator yes so they found that the same route had been flown on his flight simulator one month prior to the actual flight. Again, a little sus. Mm -hmm. Why was he? Why? Exactly. So now people are going, okay, now I'm starting to resonate again with theory number one that the pilot did it. But Frenchman, the one that believed the Americans oh. had to do it, he took this news very badly. <laughs> he said that the FBI had this information all along. Uh, presumably for two years, give or take a couple and months. With it and just now waited two years until they released it. Mm. So that furthered the Frenchman's theory that the Americans were involved. So if you were to follow the flight path option number one, which had it making a left turn and then going south towards the South Indian Ocean Got and it. presumably crashing, the plane would have flown over <laughs> Butterworth Air Base, Butter. which is a military base under Australian command. Oh, And I guess at that time, oh. some shit was popping off. So they're like, if an American plane had flown directly in their airspace of this military base, they, they would have no. reacted. Yeah. They would have said something. A missile would have been, you know, something would have happened, but there was no word of it. So they're like, that's suspicious. A little bit. A little bit. Many wanted to further examine Immerstadt and their findings, and they found that it has a branch called Immerstadt Government. And that branch provides services to the militaries of the biggest powers in the world, including the U.S. Immerstadt works very closely with the government slash the military. And some believe that MH370 never did that U-turn and that it continued straight onto its path over the South China Sea. 
if you remember Cindy Hendry, she was the woman, the woman, <laughs> woman, woman. She was the woman who searched through all the satellite images and claimed to have spotted those white blobs that she oh, compared plane right. parts to. Yeah. So her theory, she did believe that MH370 did continue over the South China Sea. Like so it was, was no, hard there was left. no hard turn. It okay. just kept going like it intended to. And when she originally found these images, she tried everything she could to get officials to listen, to take note. She was on Twitter, Instagram, every social media platform saying, why is no one looking at this? Because no one ever did. Because she's a woman. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. Let's be real. So she remembered <clears throat> that uh, an oil worker in the South China Sea early on had reported that right after MH370 had gone dark that he saw an explosion. Mm. Okay. So there was 2.5 tons of electronics on board of MH370 and the cargo had been delivered under an escort and loaded onto MH370 the same night it took off. Cause remember it was a red eye flight oh, and it okay. had never been scanned by the x-rays. Really? So it came Why? with a bodyguard, wasn't scanned and was put on like presumably hours before the flight took That's off. That's a fucking flag. If right? I've ever seen one. And I guess China <laughs> was publicly known to want to obtain highly sensitive U.S. technology, specifically surveillance and stealth drone technology. Now they just use TikTok to infiltrate us. <laughs> they they're doing way too much. You know what? If you are building a profile on me based on my TikTok activity, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> So that's all I have to say. Okay. <laughs> so it is theorized that the U.S. found out that MH370 was actually carrying cargo to China, going to Beijing. And at the last minute, the red-eye flight, U.S. did whatever they could to stop the cargo from arriving. So there, someone's theorizing that the U.S. didn't know what was on the cargo of the plane. Just, but last second, they said, they're like, ah. that's U.S. surveillance. It's going to China. That needs to be stopped. Let's pause and, and and investigate a little bit more. Okay. So that leads us into theory number four. And that is the cargo theory. And it also kind of ties into the American theory, but it's a little bit on its own. So people in favor of this fourth cargo theory believe that this is basically a synopsis of what happened. Okay. So on March 7th, 2014, at 11.20 p.m., the unscanned cargo was delivered by escorts and loaded onto MH370. At 12.41, the plane takes off and reaches its cruising altitude. At 1.19 a.m., MH370 is told to change over to Vietnam airspace. MH370 is... Again, in that gray space between Vietnam it's, and it's Malaysia. It's mystery spot. The mystery spot. Where all of this seems, to, every theory has it to do with this mystery spot. It all kind of comes back to uh -huh. So they're in that little gray spot. And possibly the two U.S. AWOCs that have been following them tell the pilot, hey, something's going wrong. At the same time, they jam a communication system. MH370 is getting closer and closer to Chinese airspace by the minute. And the AWOCs need to stop. They can't you know, go into Chinese airspace, obviously. Right. So possibly through either a missile strike or a midair collision, MH370 was stopped. So this cargo theory is basically saying that the U.S. 
found out way late in the game that they need to stop this plane at whatever it takes. They maybe tried to reach out to the captain. The captain wasn't on board because he didn't understand. And therefore, they had to do what they had to do to stop that cargo from getting to China. Right. Okay. So, yeah. And that concludes the fourth theory that they had. So basically, at the end of my very long documentary series no on Netflix, knows what there's been. Some people have a strong belief that their theory is the right theory, and they continue to take all this new information that comes up and makes it fit the mold of their narrative. The, the narrative but yeah. no one knows. These families have no idea what happened to their loved ones. They have no closure. Are they dead? Are they not dead? Fucking. Are they in this sea? Are they in that ocean? So, yeah. what does your gut tell you? So, bro, I don't know. Yeah. I do not have a having they are all for the most part. I don't think it was the pilot. That's the only one that I just because there was no evidence there, at all to suggest. Motive? Exactly. So I don't really believe that one. But I mean, shit, anything could happen. Like the things that happen between world powers. I don't know. I and am... I like not knowing. <laughs> I do. Ignorance is bliss. It is. That's what it comes down to. I don't know. I like I would love a definitive conclusive mm -hmm. answer for the families of those that yeah. are involved because you need that closure. You need to know because accepting that something happened, whether it was X, Y, or Z. Yeah. Cause it's been nine years and they, there's still no definitive answer. I can't imagine what life for those people is like. I, right. I don't want to be one of those people. So I'm sorry for any of you. Who I agree. I've experienced that. I don't know what the answer is. And I mean, there are a lot of theories that have been proposed that we've gone over. I don't know if anyone sounds better than the other, but at the end of the day, we still don't know. No, and I don't think anyone will ever know, unfortunately. Unless it's the damn aliens, because, you know, those are always a possibility. You know what? That's number <laughs> five. So, yeah. Okay, so on the cracked scale, what would you rate this one? First? I'm going to say it's fully feasible that something suspicious happened. It's been years and if they it hasn't was, been if it able was to like produce something. If it was a simple answer, it would have been discovered within nine years. It's been a decade almost. Exactly. And, and cover-ups tend to last longer than the straight-up truth. So I believe 1,000% something suspicious happened I just don't know what. I fully agree. It could go either way, honestly. I can see both sides mm -hmm. of the equation, essentially, which unfortunately for those that are actually afflicted by it and have to deal with it on the day to day, I'm like, that doesn't offer any comfort. In no, peace. it doesn't. But I definitely think something, something happened. But like I said, this, I got 90% of my information from that new Netflix documentary series, MH370. And usually when those docuseries come to light, people go, oh yeah, let's it remember. It reinvigorates. So I'm interest. sure there's going to be five more theories by the end of the year because people are going to start from square one and they're going to go down a rabbit hole that leads them to 15 other different theories. So and who knows? Okay. So yeah, that was Malaysia flight. What was it? 370. 370. After all this time. Super interesting. I've said it 5,000 times. But I should okay. rewatch that and actually pay attention. It was, it was very interesting. And I really like the way they did that. So what is your next topic I'm going a, to be? So I'm a little torn between okay. what I should do. So I kind of need your input and your weigh-in. Okay. So the art market and the whole like money laundering potential behind it. Okay. Or the other thing that is gathering my attention right now is the perverted side of Disney. There are dicks Oh, I think in you should do that. Everything. I think you should do that. Would it just be 
original Disney or like Disney Channel as well? It kind of spans the decades. Yeah. I think you should do that. That's there, super interesting. There's sex and dicks and everything. And who <laughs> doesn't love that? <laughs> there you go. Whether I mean that facetiously or <laughs> legitimately. Okay, you know what? Based on your response, yes. I think I'm going to go perverted Disney this time around. Perfect. We will circle back yeah, to, to the money laundering next. and art. But okay, dicks, here we come. And you know what? There's also going to be some feelers for like Nickelodeon with Dan Schneider. Yes, yes. That's what I was referring to. Amanda Bynes. Again, we'll go into this in further detail. Okay. All right. Well, this concludes another success. Yes, successful episode. I mean, this is really two episodes. Yeah. Because this spanned almost two hours of content. I told right you I had here. 10 pages of notes. It was I know. a bit ridiculous. And yeah. okay. So perverted Disney slash quasi Nickelodeon question mark. That's right. what's up next. Well, thanks. And have a great day.